It's the Americhips with Kim Monson. Now, while this is all going on, I went through President Trump's speech and uh, Chuck and Nancy's rebuttal. The most important story. The American people finally said enough, and that is why they elected Donald Trump. The latest in politics and world affairs. Britain's version of Medicare for All is struggling with long waits for care. And opinions and ideas that prepare you to tackle the day ahead. Because ideas matter. It's the Americhicks, dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation. Welcome to the Americhicks with Kim Munson and Nora. We're going to have important conversations today. I am thrilled to have in studio with me as my guest, Dude, Roger Bianco. Good morning. It's great to have you here. Thanks for having me. We're going to talk about property rights. We are, again. Good stuff. And you, great piece that uh, just got published on Americhicks.com. I saw that. Thank you. you Nice job on that. No worries. Hopefully it's helpful. Be sure and check it out. So, yes, so great show today. We'll talk about property rights. And uh, as a reminder, socialism is not social. Uh, Ultimately, it comes down to force. And the questions as we look at all these issues is freedom versus force, force versus freedom it is never compassionate to take other people's rights their property or their freedom via force whether it's with a weapon policy or unpredictable and excessive taxation and we see the continuation of the socialism of uh, socialization of the things that that make our lives better like transportation education energy housing and water that's why we do this show so that we can get our brains around these important issues. And uh, thank you to producer Steve, Zach, Patty, and Keith, Charlie, for your support and good work. Uh, Steve, how are you doing? Fine, and I'm glad to see you back sitting in that chair. Aha, uh-huh. yes, I, I uh, did take some time off. We had recorded last week and, and had great guests, and uh, I didn't get all my basement clean, but I worked on it. So that was one of the things that I did. So, what a vacation. <laughs> what a vacation. Uh, before we jump into all of the show here, uh, there is In the Crosshairs. It's a bipartisan, a nonpartisan crosshairs, and that is going after the Gallagher Amendment here in Colorado, which that was put in place to keep our property taxes low, and that has been good. And uh, then Tabor, the Taxpayer Bill of Rights, uh, that that is also in the crosshair. And again, that's just about consent, Roger. Right. It's just, hey, government officials, um, bureaucrats, interested parties, if you want to raise our taxes, if you want to incur debt that we have to pay off, or if you want to keep our tax refunds, you just have to ask us. Right. It's just good manners. Right, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that is in the crosshairs as well. So Natalie Minton is sponsoring, through Colorado Engaged, a Taxpayers' Bill of Rights boot camp training on August 3rd at the Lakewood Library that is at 10200 West 20th Avenue. It's from 11 to 2 p.m. with a 1030 check-in. Natalie is asking for people uh, for $20 to cover the costs. And for more information, go to coloradoengaged.com. That is coloradoengaged.com. So we're going to be talking about the Kelo Supreme Court case in segments (coughs) three and four. Yeah, looking forward to it. So for our inspiration, I thought, well, let's go to a Supreme Court justice. And one of my faves is Clarence Thomas. Clarence Thomas, yeah. And he says... Today, now, it is time to move forward, a time to look for what is good in others, what is good in our country. It is time to see what we have in common, what we have to share as human beings and citizens. 
Well said. We need to come together on what unites us instead of what divides us. As human beings and as citizens. That's very well said. Very well said. And so today's funny. Steve, are you ready for this one? I picked this. You're going to love this one, okay? So in the court theme, an old lady gets caught shoplifting. On court day, the lady and her husband, who goes with her, stands before the judge, and he says to her, why did you shoplift? And she says, I was hungry. And the judge says, what did you take? She replied, a can of peaches. So the judge was, judge was trying to figure out how to punish her. And so he says, how many peaches were in the can? And the lady says, six. So the judge says, okay, then one day per peach in jail, that will be six days time served. The judge says, would anyone like to say anything? And her husband says, your honor, she stole a can of peas, too. <laughs> <laughs> very, very Rodney Dangerfield-esque there. Yeah, good, yeah. definitely. <laughs> so lots of headlines. Uh, first thing, though, President Trump is in a, uh, a little tweet fight with Elijah Cummings, the representative from Baltimore. And, you know, leave it to Trump to actually say something that maybe we didn't even really realize we were thinking. But, you know, Baltimore does not have a great reputation as far as um, efficient schools. Their crime rate, I just looked at it, is one of the highest in, uh, in the country. Uh, they, have 71 per, they have a crime rate of 71 per 1,000 residents. This is from NeighborhoodsOut.com. It says Baltimore has one of the highest crime rates in America compared to all communities of all sizes, from the smallest towns to the very largest. One's chance of becoming a victim of either violent or property crime here is 1 in 14. That's pretty significant. I had also taken a look at graduation rates at uh, the Baltimore schools. Now, this is an older article. You know, and that's one of the things, Roger, that is frustrating to me. We talk about that we have all this information at our fingertips, but sometimes, like I'll put in graduation rates for Baltimore, and you don't get something that's current. No, yeah. It's, it's really frustrating. Yeah, it is. It it's, is. It's really frustrating. But this is from 2014, and it said the city, this is Baltimore, the city school system, five-year high school graduation rate has increased for the fourth straight year with 73.5% of the class graduating in five years. So less than three quarters, yeah. Yeah, and the other thing, I had done some research on it in Baltimore, and let me see if I can get the per-pupil funding for Baltimore schools. I'll try to get that for you. But um, it was like among the highest. I want to say it was close to $20,000 per student. I'll check it during the break. And, you know, I'm thinking about that. So you have a a class of 20, you know. You got $240,000 yeah. That that's moving around there. And you're only getting uh, three quarters of the kids graduated in five years. Elijah Cummings, maybe he does need to go back and take a look at his rat infested city. And uh, Trump really hit the nail. Yeah, it, it, it seems like there's some pushback on accountability here. I mean, I Trump probably could have used better words, which is kind of his his <laughs> uh, M.O. But, you know, I, I think at this point it's he's not going to change and he's probably doing this intentionally. I mean, he kind of throws bait out and, and people seem to take it. I don't, I don't understand the political motives, but um, I don't know. If it's true, it's true. Well, and, uh, and well, you know, that, that'll segue in. Steve, did you have something you wanted to say? Well, one of the things, didn't he, in Trump's tweet, did he use the word bully? I think he did. Yeah, because that's one of the things, Elijah Cummings sets me on edge when I see his 
of theatrics on the committee that he chairs. What is the the chair of the House Committee? Uh, Is it oversight? Oversight and reform. So I don't know. I I really wish these kind of things didn't happen. But then again, once they do, I mean, the big buzzword that everyone got so upset about was the word infested. Michael Pelka in the previous hour, if anyone was listening to Mike and Angie this morning, (laughs) I don't know where he gets these things from. He's the most organized guy I've ever seen. He has sound bites so well organized. So he had sound bites of both Barack Obama and the current or the former mayor of Baltimore using the same word infested to describe the western side uh, portion of Baltimore that Elijah Cummings represents. So, I mean, what's the big deal? Right. He, Trump, as you mentioned, maybe his delivery uh, is yeah. not I mean, what it, it's, it's him. <laughs> It's him. However, there's truth in what he said. Let's take a look at our major cities. We have typhoid out in Los Angeles. Uh, We have um, right here in Denver. This was a headline over the weekend. Um, We have a hepatitis A outbreak right here in Denver. You know, and in these cities that are being controlled by uh, the... I don't want to say new Democrats, but but the the Democrat, the people that have taken over the Democrat Party of today, they are not. This is not the Democrat Party of, you know, of JFK, of uh, of Dennis Gallagher, of the Gallagher Amendment. You know, he they put that in place to try to keep property taxes low. Mm -hmm. Now you see uh, Democrats that they want to totally control things. So this Democrat Party is not the party. Of JFK, and when you look at these cities that are being controlled by Democrat politicians and bureaucrats, we're moving into third world country kind of stuff. And instead of worrying about going after Trump, maybe they should be there representing their their constituents and trying to clean up their cities. Roger. Yeah, and Trump's Trump's tweet here. What he's saying is is he's drawing a contrast between Cummings, Congressman Cummings. Um, as he says it, screaming at the great men and women of Border Patrol about conditions at the southern border. And he, he, so he's saying, you know, on one, one hand, you got this congressman who's, saying, who's lecturing people about how terrible things are on the southern border for people wanting to come into the country illegally. And look at your district. I mean, your district is, I mean, again, Trump, far worse in all capital letters and more dangerous Um but I think that's true. I, 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 th- I think that I think that is a valid point. If if Congressman Cummings is going to hold the border patrol up to a high standard, it is only fair to look at his backyard and draw that out. I, I think that's what Trump is doing. Um, I don't know. Well, <laughs> I can't, like I said, I can't pretend to speak for the guy, but I, I I see this point. Well, and and to that point, Roger, if each of us takes care of our own backyard. The world is a lot better. It's a much better place. And when people are out there trying to control somebody else's backyard and not taking care of their own backyard, then we've got problems. And uh, so I, uh, I mean, Trump, I, I actually, um, <laughs> I'm scratching my head, but I think he's absolutely right. When we look at hepatitis A right here in Denver, when we look at typhoid in rat infested Los Angeles, uh, when we look at you know, feces on the streets in San Francisco. These are our great cities. How on earth is this happening right here in the United States of America? So um, we're going to go to break. Before we do that, the Rockies wrapped up a very long road trip in Cincinnati yesterday. 
They lost to the Reds 3-2. to two. They begin a homestand tonight against the Dodgers and then the San Francisco uh, Giants later this week. And uh, the place to watch all these games is Hooters. It's the spot to be this summer. Enjoy Hooters beach-worthy seafood items like amazing fish tacos, delicious snow crab legs, and mouth-watering buffalo shrimp. They have plenty of ice-cold beer options to help you cool down this summer. Additionally, I love this. They have nine items for 9 bucks, 11 to 3 p.m., Monday through Friday. Nine delicious menu items such as fish and shrimp tacos, salads, cheeseburger, Philly cheesesteak, and their boneless wings. And guess what, Steve? The other night when the girls came over, Patty said, Okay, Kim, double your order on that buffalo shrimp so that you're sure that you get some. And uh, <laughs> so I was talking to someone, and here came pa- Patty with a, a plate. <laughs> And I and they are delicious. Well, good. I mean, it was either that double the order, or I was going to come over and muscle <laughs> muscle everybody your way, way uh, to and clear the way yeah. so you could get to the table first. Well, right? they are good, so you can you can uh, have those delivered right to your front door. You can pick them up and take them home, or you can do any of those great uh, lunch items uh, in in the restaurant. For more information, visit HootersColorado.com. That's HootersColorado.com. We're going to go to break. Thrilled to have in studio with me, uh, Roger Bianca. We'll talk about property rights in the third and fourth segment. Probably hit on that in the second segment. We will be right back. All AmeriChick sponsors are an exclusive partnership with the AmeriChicks and are not affiliated or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson and grow your business, contact Kim at AmeriChicks.com. That's AmeriChicks.com. Don't miss Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth, a study of the Federalist Papers. Join Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks at Water's Edge Winery in Centennial or Colorado Cork and Keg in Castle Rock. And now introducing Vino and Veritas in Fort Collins at Ginger and Baker. Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks would like to thank Presidential Wealth Management Loveland for sponsoring the new Vino and Veritas in Fort Collins. In Denver and Castle Rock, Kim would like to thank Presidential Wealth Management Denver and YourTownTaxpayers.com for their generous support. Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth, a study of the Federalist Papers. Sign up today at AmeriChicks.com. You'd like to get in touch with one of Kim Munson's sponsors, but you can't recall their phone number. Find a full list of advertising partners on AmeriChicks.com. Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation. Thrilled to be having a conversation with Roger Bianco. It's great to have you in studio. Thanks. Kim, you guys have the best bumper music, by the way. Last time I was here, it was Zach Brown Band, and now Frank Sinatra. Uh, Fantastic. Charlie does that. He <laughs> is awesome. So thank you to Charlie, and thank you for noticing. A couple of things. We were talking in the first segment about this tweet fight that Trump has going on with Representative Elijah Cummings. Uh, Elijah Cummings has been going after the Border Patrol. Elijah Cummings is a an open border guy. And um, basically, in Trump fashion, Trump says, how about your own backyard? And he said, you're rat-infested Baltimore. And you looked up something. What do you have there, Roger? Yeah, this is a um, – it's just on Orkin.com, which, as everyone <laughs> knows, is a pest control and bug control service. Orkin <laughs> ranked metro regions by the number of new rodent treatments performed both performed from September 15th of 2017 through September 15th of 2018. 
This ranking includes both residential and commercial treatments. So top 10 cities, I feel like it's a David Letterman top 10. <laughs> top 10 cities, uh, number one is Chicago, two Los Angeles, three New York, four Washington, D.C., five San Francisco, six Detroit, seven Philadelphia, eight Cleveland, nine Baltimore, 10 Denver, Denver. Colorado. So um, all of those, it, it is hard not to point out. I mean, it, it's just... It's hard not to point this out that all 10 of those cities are are governed overwhelmingly, if not totally, um, by various factions of the Democratic Party. Wow. So, <laughs> Pretty well or, says or, it, huh, Steve? Orkin, Orkin likes evidently inner, you know, areas of the, uh, the country that have a lot of uh, bad rodent-infested issues. Keeps them in business. <laughs> you know, in the early 2000s, there was a, a totally fictitious movie called Ladder 49, which was shot in Baltimore. Yeah. And many times when the guys would go out to a fire in the row homes area of the city, most of the time the fire was not or in a, in a uh, occupied home. They'd have to bust down the front door. But the first thing that happened was the rats coming out of the house that was on fire. Oh, my gosh. Totally fictitious movie, but accurate. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. And I just checked. This is May 21, 2018 from Biz Journals, Baltimore Business Journal. It says uh, this is their per-pupil funding in 2018. It said Baltimore County was uh, per-pupil funding was 13500 so I was incorrect. Uh, I think it might, it might have been more, but... Anyway, this is factual. So let's think about that. For a class of 20, you've got over 260,000. Uh, and, you know, some classes are 30, so that means you've got around $360,000 floating around. Now, i got to wonder why teachers are underpaid when you've got that kind of money going around for, for students. Well, the, the trend in education for the last 50 years has been that more money is getting pumped in and less and a lesser percent of that money gets to the classroom, gets to the student, and gets to the teacher. Um, that's been a, a broad trend. I don't know if that's the case in Baltimore, but, you know, well, it, it, it might appears... be a reasonable thought to share because the results are not there. Well, and then the results regarding getting these kids graduated to be spending this kind of money and only have three-quarters of the kids graduate within five years. And many times kids are getting out, you know, the education the kids are getting now, you know, many of them d cannot read and write yeah. like we used to be able to. So this is a big problem. And uh, Trump, I think, is actually shining a big light on that. Yeah. Uh, another thing, actually, we'll probably talk to Jason McBride a, a bit about this, but the GDP numbers came out. And uh, because the, the economy is doing better, let me get my headline here. Uh, let's see. Next one. One more is, uh, here we go, that, um, let's see, his, uh, Trump's approval ratings are up significantly. Uh, and the uh, voters are saying that the economy is the best in decades. That is one of the reasons why I think we're seeing all the attacks on Trump is because if, in fact, uh, people feel um, that the economy, that their own personal economy is doing better, you will see that at the voters' um, booth and um i so we'll talk to jason some more when he gets gets on regarding the gdp numbers another thing uh, that i wanted to mention is that uh this is from cpr.org one of the keys to raising more money for transportation in colorado is to ask fewer people 
After last November's statewide ballot measure to raise taxes to pay for transportation improvements lost miserably, some government officials got to thinking, what if the key to raising more revenue was to ask fewer people? (laughs) So local planning officials in the state are exploring the merits of a regional approach where a ballot measure could succeed by winning a majority of votes, not across the entire state, but within the confines of a given area. Imagine, Nymphor area voters would raise their own taxes for their own projects, as would voters in Pueblo or Grand Junction or Fort Collins. You know, I actually think that may be a pretty good idea as far as if we want something here in Denver, perhaps we should pay for it here. That was one of the arguments that I made regarding the Southeast Light Rail extension, and I voted no on that when I was on city council because the uh, they were giving us a bid of around $207 million for 2.3 miles to construct that. When I was actually looking at the contracts, though, it was more like $256 million. So I don't know for sure what the final number was. But included in that was around 90, either 93 or $96 million in federal money. And I looked at it. John Eastman, who is a professor, had written a, a really excellent piece regarding the, uh, um, you know, the common welfare. And, uh, and what they, what, what he says the constitution means is that uh, for the general welfare, that means something that's going to benefit all of the people. And so, in fact, if we are using federal dollars to just benefit a specific region, I felt that that was unconstitutional. And so I voted against it because if in fact we wanted to do regional projects, we should pay for it ourselves. Well, and you uncovered a lot of other things going on there with that that project. But uh, um, yeah, I mean, the idea that if you if you're wanting something in your backyard, you should pay for it um, out of your pockets is probably fair. Um, but but interesting though, I, I don't know. It, 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 this 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 is just local planning officials. Um, they they want to raise taxes for something that would impact their community only. In a region or in an area, or is this somehow going to drive up taxes for people outside of that region or area to pay for it? Or, or what, I, well, I guess that's my. I think the devil will really be in the details. Yeah. When you look at the players on this, though, Dr. Cog, which is the Denver Regional Council of Governments, and they basically, one of the things that they do is they divvy up like the gas tax dollars around here. And they have been no friend of a limited government, they've been no friend of actually people driving their in their personal vehicles. <laughs> they have been using a lot of that money to push people out of their personal vehicles. You're seeing that with CDOT as well. I, I'm not quite sure why the planners, the um, politicians and bureaucrats and, uh, and interested party, well, you can figure it out. I, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> follow the money kind yeah. of a thing. But when you look at the players here, these are not people that are, are wanting to really, I think, contribute to everyday people thriving and flourishing. There is an agenda to get, to get people out of their cars and put them on trains and bikes and um, and buses. And so they were not able to get that big tax increase through on the state level. Uh, it would be interesting to see what they're going to try to do with that. But yeah, just... Just bear in mind, you just need to watch watch that. I've seen that. I've seen this though. This this trend towards, um, you know, asking more concentrated quote unquote democracy. We're not a democracy. We're a republic. Democracy though is a is a tool of our republic. Mm-hmm. It's it's a feature within the republic. And so, 
Um, I don't know. This looks like it might be, it might be uh, trying to trying to minimize the idea of a majority vote. But I mean, if you if you localize it, can, but can't they do this already? Can't the city of Denver, if the city of Denver wanted to improve, um, you know, water canals or I remember there was they something about bike lanes. The, yeah, tax the people in Denver. I mean, do do we need to have? Is this like a? Uh, this, you know what I could how I could see this playing out, Kim, is is if Denver wanted to do something, they they run this by the the Denver region, the quote unquote Denver region, and I would there actually may be more people outside of Denver than inside of Denver, but I'd be curious to know how that would work, taxing the sub the suburban people to drive. I guess it depends on to drive improvements in the inner city. So I guess it depends on um, what they mean by region, maybe. Because this this seems pretty redundant to what they can already do at the at the local level. Yeah, I Maybe think I'm just not. I think we need to keep an eye on it. I think there's a lot of, uh, but you know, the other thing I was thinking about something that we had talked about, and we're going to oh get to Jason here in just a second. But the Overton window. Yeah. This these are the kinds of things that can start to move public opinion one way or another when you start to see these these articles. I don't quite understand what they may be looking at. But we need to keep an eye on that. Well, and the the, the Denver Regional Council of Governments, <laughs> that right there, that the, the the title of that organization makes the should make the antenna go up. Well, well, who is on the Denver Regional Council of Governments, and what's its what's its intent? Um, well, anyway, well, it is appointed. Okay, okay, is, and that. and it is appointed, and there are elected officials that are on this as well as there are bureaucrats. Okay, but they are not elected to that; they are appointed. So it is a very bureaucratic organization. And the other thing, I've gone to some of their meetings, and one of the things that they put up there is, is that we will we will come to an understanding, we will have a consensus, and so basically trying to shut down any kind of dialogue and deliberation. Uh, it is moving towards kind of an already predetermined outcome that many of the people in leadership and the uh, bureaucrats are moving towards. And ultimately, what that is, is to get everyday people out of their vehicles instead of making sure that we, you know, we have our roads and our, our streets and everything so that we can move around. Because yeah. uh, freedom of mobility is freedom. But let's talk to Jason McBride. You are back from vacation. How are you doing? Hey, wonderful, Kim. Good morning. Did you have a good time on your vacation? Well, sure. We were up in the Black Hills. It's one of the most beautiful places in the world. Uh, it wasn't quite Sturgis yet, so we didn't listen to Harley's breaking windows all night long. Uh, so, yeah, very, very good time. Well, great. Well, welcome back. And yeah. uh, we had some, some good news, yes, uh, the GDP increases. What's your thoughts on that? Well, I think it was good news. Uh, the naysayers will say, look, look, it was only 2.1%. Uh, what I would say is, yeah, that's a bad quarter for Trump, and that would have been a great quarter for Obama. <laughs> so uh, 2.1, you're, you're going to get some fluctuations here and there. Um, I think, while Kim, we've got uh, the, the trade negotiations, some uh, tariffs. You know, when, you, when you're uh, battling kind of with other countries across the world and trying to undo some of these uh, problems that have been going on for decades, it, it can cause some moves in the GDP. So I'm not concerned about it. I think 2.1 was still a pretty decent number. Uh, I wouldn't want to see it just stay there forever, but 
since Trump's been in. I mean, two's kind of been the low end, and we've seen plenty of uh, much higher than threes, and, and I'm hoping to see a four at some point. Boy, if we can get to 4%, that would be really terrific. And it seems to me like I remember President Obama as saying that we needed to get used to the new normal of a 1% to a 1.5% GDP growth. Do you recall that, or am I just remembering that That's incorrectly. That's what I would call one of his failed policies to put America into a downward spiral. So uh, his magic wand uh, was not permanent. It didn't work. Trump did. Yeah, and so Trump did pull out a, a magic wand. We've had good GDP growth. And Jason, I am seeing just a, you know, we're seeing in the polls that everyday people are liking this economy. And and as I walk out of the building, I, I just feel there's kind of hope that people have in, in their personal economy. That is what really, really matters to people. And you're going to see that at the voting booth, I think, as well. But that's what you and John Buckingham and your colleagues over at Presidential Wealth Management specialize in is people's personal economy. Well, you bet. It's wonderful to hear about the GDP, uh, but how does that filter down exactly to your life? It it may not. Uh, What's more important to you is your own savings, your own uh, retirement. Uh, You know, what's important to you in your life, whether it's uh, something special you want to do or a trip or, you know, when we talk about retirement, Kim, I I always tell folks to think about what are you going to be retiring to rather than what are you going to be retiring from? Because that could be a lot of really open and empty days to fill up with space. And sometimes uh, maybe you're better off to just keep working for a little bit uh, for your own mentality. So there, there's one thought that may not sound popular, but it does make a lot of sense. Well, you do make a lot of sense, Jason McBride. So thanks. But not a lot of dollars. <laughs> well, thanks so much, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. That sounds great, Kim. Thank you. Okay. We'll be right back with Roger Bianco talking about property rights. And one of the things as we jump in here, there was one other headline that Patty had, and that is regarding uh, Tom's Diner. Uh, He wants to sell his property, and it looks like uh, there's some people standing in the way. So we'll have to talk about property rights on that. We'll be right back. Are you looking for news, not propaganda? Ready for a news source you can actually trust? How about a news site that doesn't want to sell you a subscription? Visit CompleteColorado.com to see all the latest news from around Colorado. Complete Colorado's staff scours news sources from around the state and nation to bring you only the top stories that affect you right here in our great state. Updated three times a day, CompleteColorado.com has full-time reporters doing original investigations and reporting like newspapers used to do, as well as opinion and political commentary from a variety of Colorado voices. And CompleteColorado.com is the only place to read columnist Mike Rosen. Always fresh content, always free, always informed. CompleteColorado.com, your complete source for Colorado news. You want to succeed, so you need to dress for the job, event, or relationship that you seek. For over 30 years, entrepreneur, stylist, and Americhick Kim Munson has been helping women look their very best. And guys, Kim can help you with made-to-measure shirts that fit great and you'll love to wear. Guys and gals, if you want to up your game and freshen your look, email Kim at Americhicks.com for your initial style consult. Kim at Americhicks.com. 
social media is important to the AmeriChicks, since it's an avenue we can utilize to hear from and speak to all of our friends. For those of you who enjoy listening to the show, we'd love to hear what's on your radar. Follow us and talk to us at AmeriChicks Twitter and Facebook pages. Also, if you're a business owner who could benefit from some extra foot traffic from like-minded friends, consider advertising on the AmeriChicks radio show. Contact us at AmeriChicks.com or email Kim at AmeriChicks.com. Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Thrilled to have in studio with me Roger Bianco. And uh, uh, we are going to be talking about property rights. You've written an excellent piece that is at AmeriChicks.com. Be sure and check it out. It was a conversation that you had with your daughter. Yeah, Saturday morning. I I have no idea how we got onto this topic of discussion, but somehow we did. Um, maybe we were talking about home improvement projects or something, and it wound up uh, getting into... I said, did you know, sweetie, that uh, if the government wanted to, it could take our home and give it to someone else so that they could use it? And she said, uh, that can't be right, Daddy. That, that's completely wrong. And I said, I, she said, how could that be? And I go, well, it's something called, something called imminent domain. And, and that look on her face, I always remember that look. She just got profoundly confused. And she said, you work so hard for this house and to keep us in the home. And, and, and that's just, it, this is our home. This is where we do things as a family. This is where we eat. I mean, she just, and ultimately she ended up as that that is so unfair. Yes, sweetie, it is. I mean, intuitively to her, she felt like that was unfair, um, that the government could come in and for, and take our property. And this is allowable under current law of the land. Kilo has not been overturned. There's been 15 years of pushback, but no substantive pushback, no legal pushback. To, that's been strong enough to challenge it at the Supreme Court level. So Kilo is the law of the land, and the government can take property for uh, economic development purposes, even when the neighborhood is not blighted. And evidently, um, with this uh, Tom's Diner story, the government can stop organic economic development when the actual owner of the property, at least that's what they're trying to do, when the actual owner of the property decides that they want to sell their property at a fantastic profit, congratulations, Tom, um, to, uh, you know, they, they, can, they, can, they can stop that transaction to stop economic development, evidently. I mean, how arbitrary is this? On one hand, the government will force economic development. On the other hand, it will stop economic development. And what's getting trampled consistently throughout all of this is the, the property rights of the individual homeowner. Is the property rights. So just to set that up a little bit more, and that is that Tom of Tom Steiner, uh, he is the owner of the iconic North Capitol Hill Eatery, and um, he wants to, wanted to sell it, as you mentioned, to develop a new apartment building. And, uh, and also, he uh, he bought it for, I think, around $800,000 in 2004. And it's under contract to sell for $4.8 million. So he's creating wealth yeah, he's, with, uh, with this. It's a six-time increase in his wealth his initial, in his initial investment. So, But what has happened is the Denver Landmark Preservation Commission, okay, <laughs> okay. has voted unanimously, unanimously to re- recommend protection. So they're saying that they want that the architecture is iconic and that because of that, he can't sell his property. So, Roger, what needs to happen is if the Denver Landmark Preservation Commission wants to preserve Tom's diner, they need to offer him four point eight million plus one more dollar. 
and they need to buy it. And Tom has to agree to it. And they Tom could offer him four point eight plus one dollar, and Tom can still say, "Nope, I'd rather build." The apartment complex. I'd rather build. It's just. I think I saw housing on here. It was very interesting. A comment that that the owner made in a, an article I read about this, where he said, "I'm I'm very glad. I'm happy to hear that people find this this diner a very meaningful place and an important part of the community." And then he, he said, I, "I just wish they'd come in and eat." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, if they're not eating, I mean, this guy has got to do what he needs to do. I think that this is crazy. Um, but the it, next it, article that Patty has pulled, and this is from the Colorado Sun. She said uh, the title is Colorado Needs Affordable Housing. The state owns land. One has to ask why. Can this combination work? So a block away from the Capitol, there's a couple of warehouses that um, it's in Denver's Capitol Hill. And uh, the city wants to, to lease that property to a private developer that's going to tear down the warehouses and build a six-story affordable housing project. With the help of $2.2 million in tax credits. So because the the people in Tom's neighborhood, or at least this commission, supposedly speaking on behalf of the people in the neighborhood, feel that this is a, feel that this is an important place. They want it, they they want to take away the property rights of that owner. On the other side, to build housing, which is needed. On the other side, they want to force housing development that is needed and I don't know what and they're the giving, storage... And they're giving the developer $2.2 million in tax credits. What's wrong with yeah, this picture? It, 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 exactly. No one can see, but Kim's hands just kind of went up and down. Uh-huh. I mean, that, that's, it's arbitrary. This is, the, this is the thing that we are exactly not supposed to have happen in the United States in terms of government at any level. Um, picking winners and, picking winners and, and losers. Arbitrary is the word that comes to mind. It just seems very difficult to, to get your handle on. But do you not see the... The overlying theme here is what we talk about at the very beginning of the show, and that is freedom versus force, force versus freedom. Okay, so Tom, Tom is not going to have the freedom to take his property and develop it the way he wants. They want to force him to just stay right where he is. Despite the fact that he's the person who took the very real financial risk. 20 years ago of leveraging himself and his family's future because I'm pretty sure he didn't have $800,000 in cash and buy that restaurant for $800,000. He stepped out and took an entrepreneurial risk and he is not allowed then to profit on that risk because some other people feel special about his place even though they don't come in and eat there evidently. This is arbitrary and it, it, and it shouldn't. I'd like to see this go to court and I'd like to see it go the right way. But there's a reason for all that. And it all gets all the way back to the founding of the country. But he would have to pay an attorney to do that. Right. The Denver Preservation Historic Society would have government money right. for their side of the case, which that is very wrong. But then once again, just to make this point, probably just a few blocks away, there is a couple of, of old warehouses that the city is going to lease the land to the developer. He's not going to own it, but he's going to get $2.2 million in money to do this. The other thing about it, Roger, is we had Randall O'Toole on just recently, and uh, he does some great um, great work with the Cato Institute, also with the Independence Institute. And just a quick shout-out to Complete Colorado. Complete Colorado is uh, the great news source uh, for Colorado, they they go out and they look at all kinds of different news sources and can find uh, just they aggregate everything. So be sure and check out Complete Colorado. And then also, if you 
click on their banner ad at the very top. That takes them to all the original content. Randall O'Toole normally has some very good things there. He's an expert on housing, urban development, and transportation. And Karen Levine, who is um, a great friend, she's a partner, as well as she's on the National Board of Realtors. If you're going to buy or sell a home, she's a person to talk to. But she was in studio, and she had mentioned that she had heard that rules and regulations contribute to the uh, 50% of the cost of uh, housing. And Randall O'Toole said that it's 50% here in Denver, it's higher in some areas, and then it's lower in other areas. But let's think about it. If you are really serious about affordable housing and 50% of the cost of new housing goes to rules and regulations, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that maybe what we, what we should do is to lower rules and regulations. Same thing happens in transportation. Uh, between um, labor unions forcing prevailing wage, Davis-Bacon laws, and then dragging out projects and um, environmental rules, regulations, tests, and all that, we, it, it costs us hundreds if not millions of dollars more per mile. I think it's actually millions of dollars more per mile to build something here than in Europe even, which is astonishing given the amount of interference, government interference in local uh, transportation projects that, that's present in the European Union. <clears throat> I don't know. This is, um, <laughs> well, it, it, again, it goes back to uh, everything that, that we, we've talked about already in our first couple couple meetings and, and, and it, what's happening now seems to be very much a perversion of the way that the, the intention of how the country was founded and what we were trying to accomplish there in holding property rights as a high right, the individual's property right being a high right. Um, all of this, again, is taught uh, in, in leadership program of the Rockies. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a day as part of the curriculum um, where the title of the day is Right to Violate Rights. And it's a question: Are, Is there a right to violate rights and under uh, rights and under what circumstances? And it's a very small window. Uh, is is the right for a government to violate rights? But uh, if anyone wants any more um, information, go to leadershipprogram.org and uh, submit an application. Actually, they're coming up. They're due at the end of of uh, August for the leadership program of the Rockies class of 2020. Uh, but anyway, um, so. Well, let's, let's go to break. Let's come back and talk about this Kelo case. You really have nailed this, that in the Constitution, eminent domain can be used for public purpose. But in this Kelo case that you had mentioned, the Supreme Court ruled against Suzette Kelo. Mm-hmm. She, had, uh, she and a number of her neighbors um, were basically kicked out of their homes. Their homes were bulldozed because the city of New London, Connecticut, I thought in the in the name of economic development, right, bringing jobs, you know, all the things that they say, revitalization. Yeah, that that uh, they were wanted to bring in Pfizer, and so they kicked these people out of their homes. They bulldozed their homes, and then Pfizer never came in. But but it was a real important Supreme Court decision because, and you've nailed it, the difference between what the founders meant with public purpose. And what it's been morphed into is public use. So this is Kim Munson with the Americhicks. Uh, Roger Bianco is in studio. We'll be right back to talk about these very important pieces that he has at Americhicks.com and uh, the Kilo case and the Supreme Court case. We'll be right back. Award-winning realtor Karen Levine has 30 years of experience with REMAX Alliance. As a director with the National Association of Realtors, Karen Levine works to protect your private property rights. Karen Levine believes in home ownership. 
Since losing her mother to breast cancer, Karen Levine has helped to organize a local fundraising event called Karen's for the Cure, raising money for breast cancer research. Choose Karen Levine to buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. Karen Levine comes highly recommended by the Americhicks with Kim Munson. So call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance today at 303-877-7516. That's 303-877-7516. Come join the 88 Drive-In for all your favorite blockbuster movies. We're open seven days a week. Admission is only $9 per person and children under 12 are free. Friday, July 26th, through Thursday, August 1st, features will include The Lion King, Toy Story 4, and Spider-Man Far From Home. And remember our popular Monday through Thursday pizza special. Get one 12-inch pizza served fresh and hot from our oven and two tall, cool 16-ounce sodas, all for only 12 bucks. Plus, now you can top it all off with our new sweet, crunchy churros and a steaming cup of hot chocolate. For more information, go to our Facebook page or visit our website at 88drivein.net. You get more out of life when you go out to a movie. Hey, welcome back to the Americhicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation. Thrilled to be having a conversation with Roger Bianco on property rights. So let's jump in here. This is going to be like quick. So let's uh, recap Fire, okay. and then uh, talk about Kilo. All came out of leadership program of the Rockies, a great program. <clears throat> um, part one, we got together. We talked about why this is important. I mean, we cited uh, mostly uh, Madison, but Hamilton also also chimed in that property right. Property rights are a high and important right because they go beyond the physical things to consciousness, the what we create, our religious expressions and our physical and our physical things. So it's not just what we own. That's why this is a very important got to die on this hill issue. Um, part two, we dug into the Kilo case. We talked last month about how the Kilo case increased government power to take property for economic development, even when the neighborhood is not blighted. And that was Justice O'Connor's pushback on it. Um, what they did was they actually expanded the, the Fifth Amendment says that uh, government cannot take someone's property. I'm paraphrasing. Uh, a government can take someone's property for open quotes public use as long as there is just compensation. So the public use is the issue, and they've expanded to public benefit. That's what Kilo did is expanded to public benefit. There's an economic. Uh, there's a public benefit to economic development, revitalization, creating jobs, so on and so forth, even though the assumption is that that kind of development would not happen unless government forced it, right? There's no development in, in New London, Connecticut, unless government forced Suzette Kilo and a, a whole entire neighborhood uh, to, to, take the, to leave their homes and to, to, to bulldoze those homes, which is a faulty assumption. Mm -hmm. Economic development happens all the time with minimal, if, uh, if any, government um, interference. So today, and we, we got a little bit last time into Justice Thomas's um, um, dissension, which was very important. So Justice Thomas, um, he made a, made a couple of very good foundational points. One was because of the, by virtue of the fact that the founders included a public use standard, they, 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 they meant the, the government power to take property to be limited. Mm -hmm. There was a standard. If there is a standard put on a conduct, that means that that conduct should be limited. So he says what's happening is there's absolutely no thought. 
in the majority opinion on Kelo, there was no thought put in, or even in the subsequent court decisions, there was no thought put into, wait a minute, was it, why was there a standard? And by virtue of the fact that there was a standard, they wanted the government takings power of property to be limited. I thought that was a good foundational fundamental point. Uh, he also said um, that that public use, really, the public use clause determines, is, is allowed allows government to take property for things that everyone can use, roads, bridges. And then there was a, a I don't know if it was an exception or an add-on for military use. Now, this, this last point that, that Thomas made, and then we'll move on to O'Connor, but Thomas, very, very good point here where he said, you know, it's ironic. And in one of my pieces that, that you all, you all posted, I wrote a story about how you're sitting in your home on Saturday evening and you're, you're getting ready to watch your college football team play the, the arch rival and you're protected. You know, the government can't just storm into your home and search your house. You're protected constitutionally from search and seizure. No one can lawfully enter into Except your home. Except with the red flag law. But anyway, right. well, I yeah, just okay. there we that. go. There we go. That should be unconstitutional. <laughs> but, um, you know, the, the, you're also protected because someone can't legally break into your home and steal your television that you're watching the game on. Right. And even if they do, you're, you're, you're allowed the ability to defend yourself in that regard in the Second Amendment. So Thomas lays all this out and he says, isn't that ironic that you're safe while you're in your home, but your very home is not safe. The thing that you're safe within is not safe from government taking. It, it, it's, so Thomas made some very poignant, salient, important arguments that I hope people hear and that resonate with people now. Justice O'Connor. Justice O'Connor has had a reputation for being more of a moderate, <clears throat> which a, a number of scholars have said that lends credibility to this idea of limiting uh, government takings on public property. So what she cited a couple of different cases, and I won't go into them, but she cited a couple of different cases where the government took property, and she feels this is okay. The government took property because the um, the neighborhood, there was a, it was a, a larger compelling reason. The neighborhood in Washington, D.C., for example, in one of the cases was absolutely blighted two-thirds of the the properties were unlivable condemned rat rat infested rat infested <laughs> yes um this was in washington dc one of the top 10 orkin cities um and she felt that the public benefited from eminent domain use in that case what she's saying here even so she, she has a little bit of wiggle room in, in what in in takings in government takings o'connor's thought right but she says that there's a huge difference in Kilo. And even and, and Thomas signed on to O'Connor's dissension. Um, she said there is no clear public benefit, quote unquote, public benefit to bulldozing everyone's home, including Suzette Kilo's home, because there was nothing wrong with those homes. They, they were they were reasonably very well maintained, reasonably to very well maintained. Those people had lived in those homes for generations. It was not a blighted area. And remember, I mentioned a scholar a couple times ago named Ilian, Ilya Salmon, who's a, a George Mason or Georgetown University professor who's an expert on this issue. And he was, he's always made the case that eminent domain has become this crazy economic development thing where it's been used in places like Las Vegas and, and Los Angeles, it, areas in these places that are not Times Square. Times Square is not economically blighted. So it, what this has done is it's 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 crazy because it's it's opened the door to kind of cronyism, cronyistic kind of behavior. She says, "You mean like two point two million for this uh, developer over here to, in Denver?" Yeah, yeah. Okay, just had it, to it, throw that in. <laughs> it, you, you just you, you see these kinds of things happen, and you just you, you, all right, the antenna's got to go up, and it, it's only good, I think, to be skeptical of that kind of 
uh, economic uh, development, e- quote unquote, economic development. Right. She it is not it is just simply not in the within the bounds of government's power, according to O'Connor and Thomas, to take someone's property and give it to someone else so that they can they can benefit off of it. And Thomas or O'Connor goes a little deeper. She says she one of her her last sentences in her opinion um, because it's always the victims, these people who lose their homes are the, the poor and, and the people who are powerless. It, it's difficult for them to organize and to influence politicians. But she says, quoting her last page of uh, second to last paragraph, as for the victims, the government now has license to transfer property from those with fewer resources to those with more. <clears throat> she says the founders cannot have intended this perverse result. She's, she quotes Madison. This is Madison. That alone is is a just government. The founders cannot have intended this perverse result. That alone is a just government, wrote James Madison, which impartially secures to every man whatever is his own. So, back to the diner. Okay. It is Tom's diner. To do with what he would like. That is only right. The government should support his... It is only right because he took the risk. He worked it for 20 years. It's, it, it, it's his property. Not only, I would say, if, they, you know, if, if we want to get into feelings, boy, oh boy, you could talk to Tom about how did it feel when you, you know, took a loan out for hundreds of thousands of dollars. How did that impact your family? Lots of sleepless nights, you know, on and on and on. In the um, restaurant business. In the you restaurant know, business. It's not an eight-hour day. Nights and nights, 20 weekends years, and holidays. Yeah, 20 years he's been, you know, probably up about the time I get up to go to work. <laughs> the proper role of government for Justice O'Connor is to, according to Justice O'Connor, Thomas, and the other dissenters on the Kelo case, is to secure Tom right to, Tom's right to do what he would like with his property, so long as you know it doesn't violate someone others, someone else's rights. Selling it or turning it into housing. I mean, obviously, there's a need for housing in Denver because this the this the just, city is you know just giving two point two million dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing's happening in San Francisco, by the way. The biggest thing, and this is, again, Thomas being a moderate, she's not one who flies off half-cocked about things. She, she, had a, she had a tremendous history of this, and so this is also from her dissension. To quote her, she says, the words, quote, for public use, do not realistically exclude any takings and thus, and thus do not exert any constraint on eminent domain power. So what she's saying there is, if Kilo, since Kilo expanded the words public use. Let me make sure I'm clear on this. And and the majority decision in Kilo, she's saying this this standard for public use to public benefit is way too loose. And you're brought they're broadening it to the point where now gov- it the law cannot exclude any takings of of someone's private property, which is wrong. It it's very clearly wrong um especially given the the focus that the founders had, such an intent and intensive focus um, on protecting the rights of lower levels of governments and mostly protecting the rights of individuals. Mm-hmm. They were very concerned about states' rights. They were very concerned about individual rights. So to feel that it's constitutional under the Fifth Amendment to allow public takings for non-blighted you know, cities that benefit a moneyed real estate interest – is very much a perversion of the intention of the Constitution. It's picking winners and losers, and that's not government's role. So, Roger Bianco, 
let's do this again. Let's okay. continue on. There's because property rights, it's the hill we need to die on. Yeah. Because that is what has made America so unique. And that is why we thrive and prosper is because when everyday people have their rights protected and they can go out and take risk like Tom, Tom's diner did and uh, has created some potential real wealth for him and his family. And then to have this unelected, it's an appointed commission, but yet many times they carry out the, the, the work of the, you know, of the uh, interested parties, right. if you will. If in fact Denver thinks that it is so important that they have Tom's Diner and that they preserve that, then they need to offer him more money and uh, they would need to try to buy it than what he was going to develop. And Tom has the right of refusal. And he can can agree or disagree, that's for sure. So our quote for today is from Justice Thomas. He said, I love being around people who work with their hands, who do the hard things to keep our country going. They're just my kind of people, like Tom of Tom's Diner. So today, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. This is Kim Munson signing off. God bless you, and God bless America.